Welcome to the Sharp 600, brought to you by Covers.com. I'm Rob Cressy, and I'm super excited to be jamming with you. Today's episode is also brought to you by Bet America. Right now, they're running a promotion for current players, where if you place a bet of $5 or more, you'll receive $20 in free bets. All you've got to do is opt into the promotion. Eligibility and restrictions apply. See the website for details. And joining me on the show today to talk about NFL Week 12 action is Elliot Christ, Director of Product and Analytics at the Quant Edge. But first, in hosting this podcast and leading the community, it's important that I teach you how to fish, not just give you fish. I wanted to share some of my process for how I select NFL games as it's evolved during the year due to the Tuesday-Thursday cadence of the podcast. Help me! Help me, Rod. Help me help you. I typically look at lines on Sunday night or Monday morning. I'm looking for key numbers, and I default to underdogs first. I see if I can get ahead of the lines moving to get a good number. The challenge in this is I don't have all of the information at my disposal. I'm trusting what I've seen so far plus my sports betting fundamentals. And I'm always talking about sports betting fundamentals, so they stick with me through the entire week. I usually get down anywhere from one to four bets right away. Then on Monday, I read a quick recap of a game-by-game of what went down. The key things I'm looking at are yardage, turnovers, third down, and red zone. This gives you a good picture of what happened in the game. Also, does anything quirky stand out? For example, the Jags only rushed for 29 yards in their loss to the Colts. That seems odd. One thing I talk about often is wanting to back teams that get blown out. Most often, you'll see that these teams turned the ball over a ton in that game. If they limit that in the next game, there's a good opportunity to bounce back. That is, of course, unless you're the Buccaneers. You pooped in the refrigerator. On Monday, I also listened to several podcasts, one that gives thoughts and analysis on what happened last week and one that looks forward with initial thoughts. As my week progresses, I listen to a few other football and sports betting podcasts to give forward-thinking perspectives, as well as I like to read a ton of articles. One thing that is a big part of my process is getting a consensus. What games do others like and does it align with how I'm leaning? And this is actually an important thing. And I want to designate something. You often, oftentimes hear, oh, the sharp action is on this side. I don't just go by sharp action. I go by the people that I trust, not this invisible straw man of sharp versus public. I just want to make sure that I make that known. Also, starting Monday, once a day for the rest of the week, I'll check in on the lines and see if anything has moved. By looking at the lines and getting more information, I get a pulse on what's going on for that week in sports betting. Usually on Thursdays or Fridays, I'll put in my next set of action. I've got more information. And usually this is less than 30% of my NFL action. I think the majority of it is early on. On Sunday mornings, before the games, I give one last glance at the lines in the consensus. The biggest opportunity for me is to add games where the 80-20 rule applies. 
My man, Jason Logan, you can follow him at Covers JLo, does a great job of sharing which games have the most lopsided action. In those instances, I want to be against the majority. Typically, I don't make more than one or two additional bet on Sundays as I've already made my opinions and the lines have moved. Having a process that you follow for sports betting is very important if you want to be successful. I commend you for taking at least one step towards being an informed better by listening to this podcast. And I'd love to hear from you. What does your NFL sports betting process look like each week? Hit me up on Twitter at Rob Cressy and let me know. If you smell what the rock is cooking. Before we get to the games, from our friends at Covers Experts, here's an exclusive offer for the Sharp 600 listeners only. Get 25% off any Covers Experts product when you use promo code SHARP25. Take advantage of this limited time offer. Save a little money and follow the pros all the way to the bank. Again, that's SHARP25 for 25% off any product. News team, assemble! Joining me to talk about NFL Week 12 action is Director of Product and Analytics at the Quant Edge, Elliot Christ. You can follow him on Twitter at Elliot Christ. Elliot, great to have you back on the show. I'm pumped to be here. Thanks for having me. So what we're going to do is we're going to start off by jamming about three games, and the first one being uh, the most high-profile game of the week, New England minus six and a half at home, taking on Dallas. And here's an interesting nugget about this game. Neither team has been an underdog this season. And looking at it, Patriots 5-1 and one against a spread the last six. Cowboys just 3-3. Three and three. And for me, it's a very simple breakdown. I just don't bet against New England because it's not a profitable long-term strategy. On a week-to-week, sure, but from a long-term strategy, it is not. Uh, what are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I feel like the, the Patriots know what the spread is. You know how they always put all the bulletin board material up there? I swear the way they find ways to cover games. But the thing about the Patriots that everyone talks about is their strength of schedule, right? Because other than the Ravens, you could say the Eagles last week, but they played some of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. But that that secondary has been so elite. And the way you do attack the Patriots successfully can be with the Pats catching running backs, getting their linebackers in space, and running quarterback. Dak Prescott does check that box, but I'm kind of with you. The Patriots in general are, are not a team that I'm looking to fade. All right, moving on. We've got the 49ers laying three at home, taking on the Packers. This is certainly a marquee matchup. Packers coming off a bye, seven and three against a spread on the season. 49ers with all their impressive numbers, just five, four, and one. And the last time the Packers were a road dog, it was three and a half points against the Dallas Cowboys, a game they won by 10. Also, 49ers just two, four, and one against the spread as a favorite. And with this, this was a very simple breakdown for me. One, I'm looking to fade the 49ers. And two, Aaron Rodgers getting points. So give me the Packers plus three on a nice number. Yeah, I'm with you. I, honestly, when I when you first sent me the show sheet and you wanted to talk about this game, this game is a, a little raw to me because I had a, a big round robin actually last week, and the last piece was Cardinals plus nine and a half. Um, and that, oh. that beat was one of the worst I've ever had in my life, so that was no fun. But the 49ers are really banged up too. George Kittle looks unlikely. Emmanuel Sanders looks unlikely. Debo Samuel, 
is hurt. Joe Staley looks unlikely. Um, to me, I think the Packers are the better better team, and getting plus three against a banged-up 49ers team is the direction I'd like to go as well. And I think this is actually a game that also has teaser potential. We'll be getting to our six-point teaser in a bit, but I think there's going to be a lot of people who say, well, crap, give me the Packers plus nine. So last game we're going to jam about, the Atlanta Falcons, the resurgent Falcons, laying four and a half at home, taking on Tampa. Tampa just two and eight against the spread, including losing six straight. The Falcons have covered three straight against good competition. Seahawks, Saints, and Panthers winning two of those straight up. And the key for this Falcons team was, has been their defense after the bye week. They didn't allow a touchdown versus the Saints or Panthers. They had 11 sacks and picked off four passes, two things that didn't happen at all during the beginning of the season. And get this, the last two weeks, the Falcons' third down defense has been number one in the NFL at 19.2%. What do you think about this game? The, the Falcons are like the biggest enigma in the NFL the last two weeks. I mean, this team went from dead last and adjusted sacks. I think they came into that Saints game with seven sacks. They could not pressure the quarterback. They could not turn the ball, uh, turn the other team over. And even that Seahawks game where they did cover, they were down, what, 27 nothing at one point, right? They were getting blown out. Um, Quinn is no longer calling the plays, and we've seen a complete resurgence from this defense. The Bucs are, I think, one of the better three and seven teams. They just find ways to blow games, right? I mean, against the Titans, they blew it. Uh, they were right in that Seahawks game the whole time. Jameis Winston is just a turnover machine. Now, one thing a lot of people analytics will tell you is that interceptions are about as random of an occurrence as anything in, in analytics, I guess, in football, right? But for me, Jameis Winston's interceptions aren't random. You know, he, he finds open linebackers underneath and drills them all the time. And with the way the Falcons defense is playing, they just seem like a resurgent team right now. And I, I would lean that direction for Falcons minus four and a half. And when you watch Jameis Winston, it's you can actually see the thought process happening. It's just like, no, 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 no. Oh, it just happened. But then it happens game after game and year after year. And at some point, it becomes a habit. And the next thing that we're going to talk about is our get comfortable being uncomfortable bet of the week. And for me, that is actually the Atlanta Falcons minus four and a half. And here's why. One, uh, this seemed like a very obvious, trendy game for me, which always gives up red flags. Number two, there's got to be a regression to the mean for Tampa. So with them uh, not covering six straight, I'm someone who very much believes when things are bad, you typically want to start backing those teams because it will even out. And on the flip side, when things are good, things will regress back to the mean. But and at the same time, uh, the trend of road teams and or road dogs this year has been extremely profitable. So for me to bet an Atlanta team who earlier this season was my kryptonite, and I said there is no way I'm backing them because they've burned me so many times, and here we go. They win two games, and everyone's like, oh, my God, Atlanta's the best in the world. Nonetheless, this is a bet against Tampa in Jameis Winston and a hope that the Atlanta defense is real. For me, my uncomfortable bet is Atlanta minus four and a half. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I think that also makes a lot of sense. The way you attack the Bucs is through the air, and that's the way the Falcons have had the most success moving the football as well, which helps. For me, it's the Panthers. You know, and why am I uncomfortable with it? Well, I watched the Panthers play the Falcons last week, and Kyle Allen looked like one of the worst quarterbacks ever. I mean, every time they were even driving in the, the red zone, he would the, the safety was 
I don't know, 15 yards off the receiver and somehow he drilled them. There are a lot of points left on the board in that one. But, you know, the Saints have been one of the NFL's best teams this year. And it's it's always uncomfortable to to go against the best teams, right? But the, the Panthers in general, they get after the quarterback. They have a lot of weapons. If Kyle Allen doesn't turn the ball over, they've been in basically every game. They went to Lambeau. They were down eight, right? And they got tackled inside the one-yard line. I think the Panthers are – this is a divisional game. Those games tend to stay a lot closer. This should be about a one-score game, so I think eight and a half is too much. But coming off that last Kyle Allen performance does not make me comfortable. So this is a fantastic segue to our six-point teaser. And I'm going Saints. The Saints mine it. I'm seeing nine and a half. Take it on the Panthers. Give me the Panthers. I'm teasing that bad boy up to 15 and a half. And you and I didn't talk before this. But give me a divisional matchup at more than two touchdowns. And, oh, by the way, this is a team fighting for their playoff life. So when looking at motivation, that's very high. And the Panthers have looked like hot garbage recently. So, once again, if you look bad, I'm going to want to back you. So give me the two touchdowns there. And then the other one, and I actually had a really difficult time on my second six-point teaser because there's a lot of trendy ones, and some of them may be on – uh, what you're looking for. But I think one of them, everyone loved the Steelers minus six and a half taking on the Bengals. And I've been in the unfortunate situation. I remember I was on the Cowboys when they were laying six on the road to the Jets. And you're like, all they have to do is win. This seems so simple. And then what happens? The Jets go ahead and beat the Cowboys. So when I see these numbers that are too good to be true, I'm like, Ugh. so I stayed away with that. I'm going with the Patriots. It's at six and a half, taking on the Cowboys. Give me that down to just half a point. All I need is for the Patriots to win everything that we previously talked about. I think that the Patriots are the better team here at home. Give me the Patriots minus half a point. Yeah, I, re- I really like that teaser. Honestly, those are two of the teams I wrote down, and then I ended up going in a different direction as well. With the Bengals-Steelers game as well, I mean, that Steelers team is dead, right? There, Deontay Johnson's very questionable. Juju looks out. Connor looks out. Um, they're – they're really banged up and laying six and a half with Mason Rudolph on the road right now is, is very nerve wracking. But for me, I took the Giants plus 12 and a half. They're taking on a Bears team, which right now is an absolute disaster. Getting 12 and a half points against Mitch Trubisky or Chase Daniels. I'm, I think Trubisky is going to be the starter in this one. Just feels like a good bet. The Giants have been a competitive team with Daniel Jones. I think he's taken them to another level. Sterling Shepard comes back this week. Golden Tate, Saquon Barkley. I think this game should be a one-score ugly game, That, but 12.5 points is just too much. And the Seahawks plus eight. You know, that Eagles team, the, the one thing I really like to attack is teams that have to be good play after play after play after play because the Eagles on offense, they don't have any big playability. It's just kind of Offensive line, and Lane Johnson's questionable in this one. He's probably their best offensive lineman. They have no playmakers on the outside. Alshon Jeffrey's very banged up. It's Miles Sanders. And, you know, that becomes really tough for an NFL team or with how good defenses are to perform play after play. So giving me Russell Wilson, my personal MVP pick, plus eight against an Eagles team, I, I think that game definitely stays within one score. The Seahawks games in the entire season, win or lose, have been one score games. So I, I like them plus eight. It's interesting because I was actually looking at the opposite teams as the teaser. So I am strangely still drawn to the Bears from a value perspective. I was like, all right, could they just beat the Giants? That would you, that's what you would need if you just teased them down. 
And then the Eagles, you could go from one or one and a half to four and a half. But at the same time, I'm like, could I see the Seahawks winning by seven? I certainly could, which is why I stayed away from both of those. But I like your logic on both of those because we're above key numbers getting double digits or above a touchdown. So now let's get to picking a loser where the goal of this is to select a team that we believe will be a losing bet because we want to work on our contrarian mindsets. It's easy to pick winners or so we think, but can we identify who the losing teams are? And I'm actually going to allow you to go first. Yeah. So for me, it's the jets. And I understand that typically two and a half point home underdogs when they're the three and seven team going up against the six and four team, uh, the, the sharp money typically comes in on the jets, but, for me, I think this Jets team right now is a little inflated coming off playing the Giants and the Redskins, two of the worst teams in the NFL. And they're kind of going to come back down to earth. This defense still has no corners, can't pressure the quarterback. Um, they can't protect Sam Darnold at all. I think the Raiders are just a safe team that, quite frankly, no one's really bought into all year long, and they've played some really good football. And I think they will win this game by more than a field goal. Like I said, we don't talk before this because my losing pick is the Raiders, and I'm seeing it at minus three. The Raiders are the only team in the NFL with a winning record to have a negative point differential. The Jets have won and covered as an underdog in each of the last two weeks, and I get a key number at home. Uh, Sam Darnold has been uh, a little bit better the last few weeks. Yes, please, I don't believe in the Raiders as much as most people do, so the Raiders minus three will be my pick a loser. So we will be going head to head in this game, which I absolutely love. And that's the beauty in sports betting. And I do want to mention that in the process of how I evaluate my picks, consensus is one of them. You see, hey, who aligns with the way that you're thinking? But guess what? It is inevitable where you're going to find sources that you trust that say, hey, you don't like the Jets. I do like the Jets. And welcome to the world of sports betting. Oh, 100%. For me, with the Jets, it's, it's you know, in, in 2019, I want a team that can pressure the quarterback or cover. And the Jets can't do either one. And then on offense, they really struggle to protect quarterbacks. But, you know, I, I understand that the logic is, for me, has always been, you know, you're a short home underdog against the team with the better record. The public comes in on the – the Raiders in this situation, and then the Jets end up winning the game. It, you see it play out so many times. This Jets team, I just think, is a little inflated right now, coming off getting some not-so-good teams. All right, so let's recap our picks. For me, I'm on the Packers plus three. My uncomfortable bet is the Falcons minus four and a half. My six-point teaser, I've got the Panthers plus 15 and a half, and the Patriots minus half a point. And my pick-a-loser is the Raiders minus three. What about you, Elliot? Yeah, so I'm with you on the Packers uh, plus three, the Patriots minus six and a half, and the Falcons minus four and a half. Uh, my teaser is the Seahawks plus eight, Giants plus 12 and a half. My uncomfortable bet is the divisional game with the Panthers where you have that teased up. And you and I are going head to head this week where I think the Jets are a loser and you think the Raiders are a loser. Fantastic. So, Elliot, where can everybody connect with you? You can find me on Twitter at Elliot Chris. You can check out all my work at thequanedge.com where we've hit 59% of our best bets so far this year. Um, you know, so all my work's at thequanedge.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Elliot Chris. 
And I want to hear from you. What is on your NFL card this weekend? Do you have a six-point teaser, an uncomfortable bet, or do you want to pick a loser? I want to hear from you. You can hit me up on Twitter, at Rob Cressy. Make sure to use hashtag Sharp600 and be part of our community. And also make sure to tag at covers. And every week I say the biggest thing you can do to help us out is if you dig this show and you like the information we give, then throw us a bone, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, because when you do, we will show you some love on the show. Also, make sure to check into Bet America, where you place a bet of $5 or more, you'll receive $20 in free bets. And remember, if you want to be a sharp, don't be a square with your bankroll. Be disciplined with your money management. The Bocadella Devil hits you with the rap level of 10. The one, two, three, your pen. I get action. So everybody jump with your rope. If you like the way the sound pumps, pump it in your black trunk. And let loose with the juice when I do rock. I'm too hot. Some say I got more juice than two pops.